Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. I'm Brodor. And this is Wayne. So today we're going to skip the gaming topic because Wayne threw out something else we're going to have fun with. I watched a movie the other night. Mm -hmm. Morbius came to Netflix and I start watching it and immediately I'm able to pick out this trope that I am so sick of. I knew instantly who the bad guy was going to be and what they were going to be because they have to be the mirror image of the hero. Yes. There are two tropes in movies in general, and I think superhero movies are uniquely bad about this. The villain is the dark inverse of the good guy. Yeah, and in it's fact, not you, all superhero movies. It's all superhero origin movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a few notable exceptions I can give you, but the, the trend is common enough that I've noticed the same thing. You know, In the Morbius movie... He fights another guy who has the exact same sort of physical disorder or genetic disorder, whatever it was, who also goes on to become a vampire, but he's an evil vampire instead of a good vampire. Yep. And I knew in the first five minutes of the movie what was going to happen. Yeah. And then when you see that kid as an adult, and I saw who the actor was, immediately I knew he was going to be the bad guy because he always plays the bad guy. Yep. So you've got typecasting that drives me crazy. And you've got that trope that just is so overdone that it yeah. drives me crazy as well. well it, what, what I don't understand is why they keep going back to that. Well, I just can't wrap my fucking head around how they can do it film after film yeah. after film. Yeah. Well, and, and when people you, still go and see them. Well, well, and when you look at the films, look at the villains that those heroes fight in the comics. I give Captain America a pass. I think having Red Skull as the mirror inverse of Captain America, yeah, which is that one works. Well, and let's, that's a, let's start with he doesn't throw a shield. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I, but I, you know, even with Captain America, it does still bug me a bit that Captain America is, of course, World War II era, American hero on a super soldier serum, and Red Skull is a Nazi on a different super soldier yeah. serum. Now, would that alone bug me? No, but it's like you said, it's freaking everybody does it. Let's just go through the movies. Yeah, so uh, I, I so, accepted it with Captain America because it was both period and it was the villain from the comics that is his main villain. Yeah. The other examples you're going to give, they have main bad guys that were not the ones used in the movie. Yeah, Iron Man in his first movie fights a guy who basically resurrects his type 1 armor. Black Panther fighting Killmonger. They're basically the exact same. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Killmonger actually had a great character and an interesting moral quandary. Yeah. But it's the exact same character. But they had to make him a Black Panther to fight him. Yeah, exactly. It's basically the exact same thing. Ant-Man? Uh, yeah, Ant-Man against, uh, what was that? What was Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. I couldn't think of the character's name. Aquaman versus, was Orm his name? Or what's the, what's the prince's name that he's fighting? Yeah, Orm. I think it was Orm, yeah. Superman and Zod. Shazam. It was originally supposed to be Black Adam, which is just a fallen incarnation of Shazam. Which, and, and even they that I could have accepted because that is a villain that makes sense. Yeah. But no, they did a villain that is an entirely different villain. And then gave him Black yeah, Adam's powers. all of his powers to make him a mirror inverse yeah. of Sh Shazam. The Venom movie. Okay. With the second one, Let There Be Carnage, I was ready to accept it. Because Carnage is an interesting enough standalone villain, and the fact that Carnage is Venom's offspring is part of what makes that character interesting. But in the first movie, when they start him off fighting against Riot, 
and they don't even follow the original Riot plotline, which is Riot was lab manufactured, whereas Venom's actually an alien, which would have made it very interesting if they had actually made that distinction. But nope, they just carbon copy Venom, and that's the enemy. And I even enjoyed that movie. It was a fun movie to watch. I loved listening to Tom Hardy, well, bicker with himself, but you'll know, have that like married couple endless bickering with Venom. That was freaking hilarious. Yeah, not every movie does it. Guardians of the Galaxy didn't do it. Thor didn't do it. I'm going to argue that I don't think Batman does it either. And I know some people would say, well, wait a minute. Isn't Joker kind of the dark inverse of Batman? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think it's order versus chaos. But I would say Batman did not get a mirror image villain until well into his run in the form of Thomas Elliot. Because there was a guy where he was raised in a family and his parents were dead because he killed them because he hated his parents and he wanted to become a doctor and was fairly wealthy and literally tried to turn himself into Bruce Wayne as an individual and tried to mirror a lot of Batman's abilities and his resources and such. Yeah, another rich kid that grew up. Yeah, another rich kid, but he grew up and hated his parents instead of missing them and was turning to crime and was using medicine for evil instead of like Thomas Wayne had done of using it for charity. And and even then, if DC was going to commit the atrocities that Marvel had, then Thomas Elliot would get the Azrael Batman suit. uh, He he would have the gadgets and the car and the motorcycle and the jet and the, and the Tommy Rangs and the whole (laughs) thing, right? Like the Husher Rangs. Yeah. The Husher Rangs. Thank you. Like it would be a whole Hushmobile ignorant (laughs) thing that Marvel does. And it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. uh, Hulk and abomination. There's another one where, they're really kind of coming. I realize Abomination also has a super soldier serum, but they're kind of coming from the same aisle of the grocery store. Um, yeah, it's another one. That one didn't bother me. A lot of these bothered me. Iron Man bothered me. Out of all of Iron Man's villains, they go with giving him somebody that's wearing his original suit. It just... Yeah, even... I Whip- love the movie, but... Even Whiplash, who had a pseudo-powered armor thing, it was at least different enough. That I could accept it. Well, can I say something here while we're on the subject of Iron Man? How in the name of Pete do you have Iron Man fight somebody in a suit and it's not f***ing Crimson Dynamo? How is this movie not taking place like at the height of the Cold War and he fights Crimson Dynamo? How have we still not gotten that? I don't know. Oh, I do know, but we don't talk about politics on this show yeah i was gonna say actually the villain they took away from iron man that bothered me a whole lot more is his main number one villain mandarin mandarin and they wrote him out of the story and because of politics that basically had to do with its release in china in fact they actually added a scene to that movie that was not in the american release where he goes and gets treated by traditional he being tony stark goes and gets treated by a traditional Chinese doctor for a bunch of stuff. And you know what? I don't care about that per se. It just bothered me that his most interesting villain, his marquee title card fight villain, who has a very, very different set of powers than Iron Man does because it's science versus magic. And it's a guy who is nothing without his smarts and his suits 
against someone who is almost on a Thanos with the Infinity Rings level of power. I mean, it's this beautiful underdog sort of story, and they took that away from him. And, man, I'm still butthurt about that. But... Doctor Strange fights another student that basically should have flunked out of... uh... Oh, that's right. Because I keep remembering the end of that movie where he's dealing with that demon. Yeah, but the whole demon came about because Because of... of... You're right, because he was fighting his his dark mirror. Yep. You're right. I had forgotten about that Yeah, I had forgotten about that. That was the... What was this? Mads Michael Reverskison or whatever his name is. Yeah, I just remember he goes to fight Stormammu after that. Yes, now I recall. That's heartbreaking. What I was going through these movies in my head earlier i was trying to remember like what about dr strange and i could only remember the demon at the yep, end Dormammu. I, you're right i'd forgotten the fact that he was fighting a failed student throughout yep. most of it another one that's bothering and it seems to me i'm stuck on the superhero ones that are bothering me now but the big giant cgi battle that doesn't look like they're even on earth anymore dc is the worst about this let's look at wonder woman Wonder Woman is a, unlike a lot of DC movies, they turn the lights on. You can see in most of the scenes. Yeah. It goes through. Everything is fairly down to earth. It's a period piece. And then you get to the final battle and suddenly the backgrounds look like you're on another alien planet in a war zone. Not on earth anymore. That first Wonder Woman movie was so bad. So bad. The final climax, the end battle was such an egregious embarrassment that I have not seen the second Wonder Woman movie. Really? Okay, so day. my I, take on it... I, I refuse. My take on it is I thought the first Wonder Woman movie was good. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was good. The second one, dude, it's an embarrassment. Not only is it awful, but I'm upset about it because of the fact that I think Wonder Woman's most interesting storyline is how it was originally written, the Maxwell Lord storyline. And so what bugs me is not only did the movie suck, but that means there is now many decades before anyone is going to reattempt to tell that story and tell it well. I can't actually, even get into all the reasons why I hate the movie without going into topics we don't talk about here. Yeah, I know. Same thing. I'm, I'm having to keep this high level. But my big thing with the big CGI, I don't mind a big CGI battle at the end. I like the CGI to be the characters to let the characters do things they couldn't do otherwise, not the CGI being the background setting. Yeah, as okay, well. fair enough. Because, yeah, like the Edward Norton fight, and though I bagged it for having a mirror villain, the Edward Norton Hulk movie I thought was actually pretty good. I actually fully enjoyed it. Yeah. And the fight against Abomination was a well choreographed and at least at the time well CGI'd fight. The CGI and the CGI was the characters. Yeah. It wasn't the the background. background. The background appeared to be more or less a a live set. You know another one I gotta give credit for this because I don't think they parallel him a lot in his major villains is Spider Man. Yeah, the Spider Man ones has not done the parallel I mean there are character aspects of parallels. We haven't had Spider-Man's parallel as a villain. Yeah, I would right. not... You don't have some other kid who was bit by a daddy log legs who's jizzing out of his wrists at Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have... It wasn't like his first villain was... was Venom. It? Yeah, Venom. I mean, even... Okay, Venom, I'd maybe give a pass because he's a symbiote or something. But I don't know. I, I'm just trying to... 
Well, and I don't even think it's at risk of sounding pedantic, but they're so different, right? The yeah. Venom power set is so different than the Peter Parker Spider-Man power set. Yeah, yeah, they put them up against like Green Goblin, which is not, in my mind at all, a dark inverse of Spider-Man. Now, the closest that he has in the movies to an inverse is Doc Ock. Because Doc Ock is the path he could have gone down. Yeah, because you're right. He's a scientist who has an animal-like power derived from technology. But even in that case, that's only a thematic. It's not yeah. a clone of him. Yeah, exactly. They could have had a clone and had him go against the actual clone of himself. Yeah. If they would have done the Jackal in one of the movies. It's like Brodor said. It's not like he has a villain who's somebody else who got bitten by the same radioactive spider and developed basically the same set of powers, but was a complete dick and right, a superhero. Who's aggressively molested by Ben and May and beaten and just like really dark stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they do good with Spider-Man. They do good with Batman on it. The X-Men, yes, Magneto is kind of an inverse, but he's really not. No, because he doesn't have mental powers. No. So, yeah, I'd give that one a pass. I yeah, all of those they do a good job with. It's just the rest of them. Yeah, because the mutants all have pretty distinct power sets. So yeah, I, I, Magneto is also a villain, and he has a different solution to no, the, the trope they do with the X Men movies. And I'm guessing we're done with all the Fox X Men movies at this point since Fox got bought. Was Magneto always had to be the villain, no matter yeah. who the villain was? At the end, they're dealing with Magneto too. Is it the Sentinels? Well, it's the Sentinels until it's Magneto. This is the one movie, though, where they stopped doing that, the one that got most harshly panned, which was the second Dark Phoenix movie, because I thought Magneto doesn't re-become the villain, that he's like, yeah, this is out of hand, peace out, and... Yeah, that is the one except he does bring Phoenix in and start trying to talk to her, but then he goes after... They did a lot of really weird things in that movie. Yeah. I never thought I would live to see the day where comic book films had become so convoluted and rebooted and redone that I would get confused about which ones were which. Like, it's like comic books. Yeah, the fact we have two Phoenix sagas in movies. Yes, yeah. I did not. And I they're both bad. Yeah, how many Batman do we have? And I just, yeah, I never thought I'd live to see this day. Yeah, you know, I will say at least with most of them, they at least try new storylines. Now, Wayne's right. They go back to a lot of the same tropes. The storylines may be similar in structure, but Dark Phoenix is a bit of an outsider here in that they did the exact same plot line twice and did it within, what, 15 years of each other, 20 years of each other? I mean, I don't have IMDb in front of me, but I know it wasn't like these were 50 years apart. I mean, it was a short enough period of time that I saw both in theaters. Can we start rewriting books? Well, I mean, we redo everything else. We redo films. We redo television shows. We redo people's movies. We retell comic book stories. I'm going to rewrite Moby Dick. Okay, so I'm going to shift to another one. Let's say some of those have happened, Brodor. Stop it. Do you know how many Wizard of Oz's there are? Because it's public domain. There's only the one, the original. Okay, the so this is going to of... move me to a new topic. So things I'm sick of in RPGs and mm-hmm. things I'm sick of in stories in general. Which one do you want me to do first? Stories in general or RPGs? Let's do RPGs. Okay, we'll start with RPGs. 
There are two things, and I don't have anything against either, and I don't have anything against any specific instance of either. So I don't have a problem with any particular game that uses these. They're just beaten to death tropes, zombies and Lovecraft, or anything involving Cthulhu. Now, let me stress again, I'm not bashing any titles. I've played in a bunch of different great zombie titles, and I've played in a bunch of different great HP Lovecraft derivative titles. But Lovecraft, like Frank L. Baum with Wizard of Oz, he open sourced a setting. In fact, he actually encouraged other writers to contribute to it. And so people did. And that's why to this day, it's a title that a lot of people go back to because you want to make a Lord of the Rings role playing game. I'm not talking one that borrows heavily like D&D. I'm talking one that literally is set in Middle Earth. You have to go through a lot of licensing. You want to do Miskatonic University? You want to have Cthulhu in your setting and Shogoths and all that stuff? Go for it. There's literally no protection on it whatsoever. Okay, I don't mind either, but holy crap, can we lay off the zombies and can we lay off the Lovecraft stuff? The only one I think that started to get there, but fortunately has been easing off lately, was Urban Fantasy. I was even kind of tired of that too, but they started to ease off on that. So for me, the RPG one is all of the games that want to give you the D&D experience without playing D&D. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many of them out there. Everyone and their brother wanted to make a game that feels like you're playing D&D, but you're not playing D&D. It's like, if you want to feel like you're playing D&D, just play D&D. Well, I could even see, like, a couple of clones. Yeah, something to simplify, get the feel, but without all of the rules. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, I can tell you I have a favorite brand of vanilla ice cream. So I'm okay with there being some choices in the store, but the sheer number of them, I'm with you. We we need to go some new places. You know what? Your indie game is not that cool, and I'm tired of the indie gatekeeping. I'm tired of the indie people thinking they're so much cooler than everybody else. That, that seems to be, though, a subset of it. Because, I mean, goodness gracious, you could probably, well, there's the debate of what is an indie game. No, I was just picking yeah. something to bitch about and to be controversial. I wasn't trying to start a whole <laughs> oh. thing here. No, I was trying no, to start a whole thing like in the Discord. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I Discord and Discord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After I, you got back from Gen Con and... Uh, Working at an indie games uh, booth. Oh my god, it was such a great experience. Yeah, it was so great. That's why I will say I have certainly met or dealt with some gatekeepers in the indie community. The only reason they don't stress me out is the ones that are the worst gatekeepers. That your game is not sufficiently weird or edgy or whatever enough to be an indie game. That they don't figure an indie game by coming from a small press or independent developers or having a print run of only 10 copies. Right. It's got to be the content of the game, that sort of gatekeeping. Right. I dis- Those people almost invariably end up to get run out of the community because they always turn out to be horrific individuals. Mm. I dislike the people that trash people playing D&D and won't let them have their fun yeah. as much as I dislike the people that say D&D is the only game that exists yeah. and ignore every other system out there. No, I'm with you, man. The bad, wrong, fun thing. People telling other people, I mean, look, this show, I realize we have a lot of opinions, but ultimately we're trying to give ideas based on what's worked for us. It's not like if you do it differently and your group's having fun, great. 
you're succeeding at gaming. You win gaming. You only fail if you have no fun doing it. So if you want to play an HP Lovecraft role-playing game where the villains are a dark carbon copy of the investigators that your PCs are playing and so on and so forth, and they're zombies and whatever, and you're having fun. And, and the ending is a big CGI battle. In a dungeon. Yeah, go nuts. I mean, if you're having fun, but I am with you. The Look, I as an individual have opinions. You know, I don't like everything. I, I don't have many of these left, obviously, in me in person because I'm moving. But we all have our judgments about wrong fun, right? Like, I have wonderful, just epic dreams about being Lord God Emperor and prosecuting people for wrong fun. Yeah. And not playing games the th- the way I think they should play them. This is why I got to keep but, Wayne out of public office because he put me in jail for liking DC movies. But, but, but you <laughs> yeah, keep... Not. Yeah. But <laughs> you, you keep that stuff to yourself, right? Yeah. And just because I don't like the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Just because I don't get the thing that you're doing doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. But you know what else? Just because I don't like what it is that you're doing doesn't mean I'm a bad person either. How about or that we I think keep, you're a bad person? How about I keep my shit to myself and you game the way you want to game? Yeah. And I'll game the way I want to game, and that's that. Yeah, I know. I'm completely on the same page as you there. There are some games that I look at, and it's like, man, I, I don't get it. It's not fun for me. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to play it. But I don't think any less of someone who does. Yeah, There is I mean, a game out there that simulates how your life is destroyed by having migraines. More power to the people that want to play it. I don't understand why someone would want to play it. Because you are playing something designed to make you feel miserable. To simulate misery. I could... Think of only one reason to make that game, which would be... Teach people that don't have migraines exactly, what it's to, like. To communicate what it's like, which is why, for example, Wayne, you and I have pretty strong opinions about when movies portray things like PTSD or anxiety disorder, because we understand that's communicating yeah. something to the public, whether it's meant to or not. And so I would only sit down and make a role-playing game about what it's like having an anxiety disorder as an educational tool. Yeah. As educational, I don't even think I'd be going as far as trying to make it therapeutic. I mean, I guess you could, I mean, there are people out there that do that work. I would not expect people to choose to play that game for fun though. Yeah, no, same here. It's an interesting thought exercise, but I can't imagine that being like, Hey, we're going to play an entire campaign of basically high functioning mental disorders. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what the game is about. There's no other elements to this. It's not like Batman, where mental disorders is a recurring trait of both the heroes and villains. And I would totally play another game where everybody in the group is high-functioning mental disorders. Yeah. But that's not the the entire game. The point of the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many mental and social disorders are portrayed in paranoia, for example. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, that's not what the game's about. I mean, that's in there, but... So the one that I'm tired of in storytelling in general, the Hamlet storyline, the once and always King who's I've never, who's Hamlet. I know you're joking, but here's the thing. You could have never read one line of Shakespeare and you know, Hamlet's story. If you've watched Aquaman, you know, Hamlet's story. If you watch the Lion King, you know, Hamlet's story. I dated a theater chick. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. If you watch Black Panther, you know, 
his story. If you watch, wait Thor, a minute, are you saying that they ripped that off from the Bard? Are you saying that these plots are all the same thing and it's the same story over and over oh. and over and over? No, actually, I have a worse opinion than that, which is. If you look back at the literature prior to Shakespeare, most of his stuff's terribly ripped off. Shakespeare is the Disney of his time. Holy crap, the man did not have an original story to save his life. I think Shakespeare is a wildly overrated author. I understand that he did what he did unusually well within that stuff, right? Disney does not have original stories. They did not create Cinderella. They did not create Sleeping Beauty. They did not create Lion King. On and on and on. They didn't create The Little Mermaid. But they do a great job of delivering that content. Right? Their presentation and their production, they do it really well. And that's why I call Shakespeare the Disney of his day. I recognize that Shakespeare was beautiful at a turn of phrase. I mean, there's a reason that outside of the Bible, the most influence on our language and our aphorisms and such, the figures of speech we use... Shakespeare is second only to the Bible. The Bible, that's a that's a thing. It's yeah. an important book. Just came out. It's uh, yeah, it, they're putting it's making waves, you know. But so as annoyed as I am with the Hamlet story being retold, I'm more annoyed with the Romeo and Juliet story being retold over and over and over again in different movies. I think the only reason it doesn't bother me is the movies that are the worst offenders on that. I don't watch. That's the only reason it doesn't bother me. Yeah, and for the record, Romeo and Juliet is not a romantic anything. No, it's not. It is two children having a dysfunctional relationship that leads to their death. It's a tragedy. And I also realize that the major variation of the Hamlet story and all of its modern incarnations is in Hamlet, they both die. Whereas in the modern incarnations, the good guy goes on to reclaim his rightful throne. So I realize it's not the exact same story, but the gist of there are two people in the same house, probably related, and one is supposed to be the king and the other is a pretender to the throne, but the guy that's supposed to be king doesn't want to do it or gets run off by the pretender and the pretender takes over and everything goes to crap and then eventually the king shows up to claim his throne and once again, Hamlet, he dies. But I realize in Thor, Black Panther, Aquaman, on and on and on, they pull it off. You know, in Lion King, the movie does not end with Simba dying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lion King ripped off Hamlet? No, Lion King ripped off Simba, the White Lion. Which A Japanese movie, Hamlet. which ripped off Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go through layers of rip off there. Okay, I know yeah, nothing... Sorry, it's Kimba, the White Lion, I know not nothing Simba. is yeah. original, and I, I can't remember the Van Hoochagoo or whatever the artist's name was that... Said, yeah, take my stuff, use it, whatever. Nothing is original anymore. But I already live in a world where truth is actually a thing. Like, pick an issue, and to half of the people, truth doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what, pick an issue. Right, left, center, whatever. Now to know that everything is stolen, I, I can't live in this world anymore where they truth say there is are dead. what seven different stories, and every story is a permutation. Yeah, and, and I will say I have, I don't subscribe to that. I think there yes, are more. I have mixed feelings on that because, of course, you get the monomyth that there's only one story, and then from Hamlet? that, apparently, well, I guess Hamlet is against a dark image of himself, but. Just throwing Lovecraft and zombies. Yeah, sure, you've got the monomyth. Yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah. 
Exactly. That it was a Joseph Campbell sort of stuff. And yeah, since then I've heard somebody else came out and postulated that there actually was a six or seven stories. And these are all stories that exist. But when you look at them, they're relatively high level, which is why I've always felt that viewpoint is a bit reductive. Now that said, I do believe there is only a finite set of types of conflicts. I mean, there's a reason that sites like TV tropes exist, but there's also a reason why they have that many tropes on there because sure you can look at any given creative work and say, well, it uses this trope, this trope, this trope, and this trope, but it's not like every creative work uses the exact same recipe of tropes. You know, it's not like every story I've seen too many Hamlet stories, but it's not like every story I've seen is a Hamlet story. You know, Star Trek, the motion picture was not a Hamlet story. Well, I don't know. I guess there was that tiff. No, no, because it didn't end that way. So never mind. I was going to say maybe it was because you had the two guy fighting over the captain's chair, but it was a very different sort of story arc and character arc. So I would say, no, I don't think it is. But this is why I've never quite subscribed to that theory, because to me, it just feels you can get there. It's but ultimately it's so reductive. reductive that, yeah, it's sort of like saying, well, there's only one story, which is conflict. And I guess that's true, but <laughs> that's once again, it's so reductive. It's like saying, you know, there nobody's invented any new colors lately. Like, really? I mean, that's because the wavelengths of light haven't changed. And yeah, I mean, if you look at all the different movies that have done the hero's journey, and compare two of them, they may still be the hero's journey, but they're not going to be the same movie. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. that Or book, or whatever. No. Well, you can rest assured, though, that if Marvel comes out with a movie that's not Thor or Spider-Man, uh, they're fighting the same person. Whoever it is, they're fighting the same person. I even though well, Thor, I wouldn't say it wasn't a... A dark inverse of himself, but I did follow the Hamlet plot. So you had Loki as the pretender to yeah. the throne, but it didn't do the inverse. Yeah, no, Loki is a very different character than Thor is. I will grant that, but the Eternals didn't do it. But nobody knows that because they didn't watch it. I yeah, who, watch it. who saw that movie? I, I saw it once it hit Disney Plus for free, but yeah. uh, I hated it. I can't Disney Plus anymore because I just don't care about that. There's nothing that they have anymore that I care about. Like there enough damage has been done to Star Wars and enough damage has been done to Marvel that I just I mean, it wasn't about politics. If I started firing companies based on their politics, I would do nothing. I would not wear clothes other than clothes oh, that yeah. I made yeah. from the yarn. I mean, so whatever. I consume a lot of entertainment and a lot of products in general yeah. by people I disagree with, and sometimes even the products themselves yeah. have a message I fundamentally disagree with. And as I've said many times before, I'm not a big fan of preaching entertainment. But if the delivery is good enough, I can get past it, shrug it off. Right. I'm not the sort of person that's going to be like, oh, I can't watch this because it's to this or to that. And I'm not even going to start right. using adjectives because I don't want to. Because I might be infected with an idea that I that I that I, that I could disagree. Yeah, with, that, that I, I find objectionable. Find challenging. You know. Yeah, God forbid you have to use your brain. Yeah, I know. I was watching a show even this past weekend where I was like, "Huh, I find this whole thing kind of offensive." But 
it's like you know good delivery so yeah i just shrugged it off and kept watching it it not like i felt like i had to agree with it when i was done i mean they could have their views i don't know it's like we've been talking about i realize we're bitching and probably in the course of this we have hit on something that somebody listening to this really likes and i know there are people listening to this who can't stand some of the things we like you know that they could say well you're you like this this and this and that's derivative or whatever and you're not wrong i mean ultimately it's just everyone's entitled to their opinions and everyone's entitled to their tastes and this is just us bitching yep. for bitching's sake. It's- I love the Joker. It is a almost scene for scene copied homage of previous movies. Yeah, Scorsese movies in particular. It doesn't yeah. matter. I still love it. Yeah, same here. The delivery was good. I know it's a highly derivative work, but it was delivered well. And so I enjoyed watching it. I could even tell you like Lion King. I just made fun of it for being a Hamlet derivative. I like that movie. It's one of the few musicals I will actually go see live because the puppetry, the costuming, and the music itself are so good that I can shrug off the fact that it's a derivative of Hamlet. You know, it just doesn't bother me, but I can still see it for what it is. You know, I mean, I can bitch about Battletech. I I can actually tell you what the sources were for Battletech, not just visually. The visual sources are pretty well known. You know, Macross... Read the lawsuits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Read all the lawsuits. You, it's it's a highly derivative work, certainly visually. The history of it is largely derived from the politics of the Middle Ages leading up to the clans who are basically a representation of the Mongols. And the shifts in feudalism and whatnot and the power of the church are reflected in the changes within Comstar. We actually talked to the people that created the game, and we asked them, is this basically a retelling of medieval history and they straight admitted yeah that's exactly what it is we are basically following a script at least at that point they were of taking the major strokes of the middle ages i have a series of films at home called major strokes yeah it's a it's a boot camp story okay so major strokes is a di a instructor and anyway (laughs) it's a whole thing One of the things I think we've reached the age where we start complaining about derivatives and all of these trends because it happens in every generation. Yep. It is retelling the same stories to a new generation that isn't familiar with them. So they don't complain until they get to our age. And and now they're the angry men shaking their fist at the sky. I, I get it. I get it. For some people, they're experiencing these stories and these templates for the very first time. You know, there was a first time I saw a zombie thing. There was a first time I saw a Lovecraft Okay, thing. okay. This is the part of the show that I hate. When you start being reasonable. <laughs> like, I, that's the part I hate. I hate it. <laughs> you know, I think it's because I have this terrible flaw. And it's probably because I'm a middle child. Because this is true of a lot of middle children. Especially if your siblings are relatively close in age. And my siblings were not quite Irish twins. But there is about two years exactly between each of us. I mean, not exactly, exactly, but it's pretty close. And so growing up, I had an older brother and two younger sisters. So I not only had siblings, but there was a gender split that I was in the middle of. And the amount of things... I also that- have a movie called Gender Split. Just... It's got like yeah, a Sunday... Yeah, 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 it's yeah, got yeah, bananas. Yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> but the point being, though, that it was a very early life trait of mine to be a compromiser 
to be someone who's able to see both perspectives and cut the middle road and find a way to make it all work together, which is why I go on these rants, but then usually after I get it out of my system, I'm like, yeah, actually it's all fine. I just needed to bitch for a few minutes. I have no idea where I developed the trait, but I have the same trait. I see both sides of almost any argument. Yeah. Even though, even if I have a strong opinion on one side of that argument, I see and understand both sides of every argument. Yeah. No, that's one that, and I'm going to not name any subjects, but say even in like politics and such, the places where the two sides are fighting, it's like I try to get to know the people. And then suddenly you start to understand where they're coming from. And this isn't always true. Some people are just broken, bad apples. That's all they will ever be. But other people you listen to and you start to kind of be like, okay, I don't agree with you, but I understand where you're coming from. And I am not so hateful that I can simply dehumanize you and write you out of my life because we don't agree on some issue. Once again, there are boundaries, there are lines where it's too far. But for me, those lines are probably a lot farther out than the average Twitter user. So, anywho, uh, there was no point to this episode. Uh, oh, there, there is one very, very important point. Are you going to fart again? And that is that elves don't have short hair. They don't have short hair. And this Amazon Prime sh- unforgivable. I actually haven't seen any of them. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. So, I don't have any commentary. Elves don't have short hair. Yeah, I had no interest in it after the Hobbit movies. Is is there? Yeah, I say the Hobbit movies are what did it for me, in terms of being done with it. They should not have stretched that out to three movies and allowed Peter Jackson to write in so much well, really bad dialogue. Well, here's what they here's what Rings of Power did. They were like, "Hey, did Peter Jackson do it? Oh, you didn't like it, but Peter Jackson did it. Well, we kept that. Did Peter Jackson do it, and you liked it? Well, we didn't keep any of that." That's got to go. So I'm not gonna, anything Peter did that you liked is gone. Anything so, that you did, anything Peter did that was garbage. Oh, we've got that. All right. So I just have a question. I want to ask this very neutrally because I know that there's like everything in life right now. Everything is way too political and way too emotional. Yes, I'll watch every episode. Yes, I will. Yeah. And, and I know rings of powers on that list of things that are way I, too political and way too emotional. I, I just have a very simple question who is the elf with a bob cut uh which elf with the bob cut because the only elf character i've seen previewed is galadriel who at least in the she shots has long I, hair yeah she still yeah. has long hair so i'm curious who is if the- you are a male presenting human yeah. playing an elf uh-huh they have ruined your hair by cutting it short short as yours short as mine huh it's disgusting Okay. Well, we'll leave that it's goddamn one. embarrassing, Dan. It's a goddamn shame. It's God. It's a, it's a travesty. I still don't care. Yeah. I mean, I can't say this is going to keep me up at night. I was just I, curious. I haven't slept for weeks, Dan, because of this fucking show. Dan Smith or Matt Smith, excuse me, Matt Smith, until he cut his hair on the new Game of Thrones series was the best looking elf on television. Hmm. But then they cut that actor's hair because I said something about him being the best looking elf on television. Then episode four drops. He's got short hair. Yep. So that, that just means brother hates people with short hair. That's what if I, if you have short hair, brother, hates that's you. Exactly. I, if you I want, want to see if, that hashtag, if you are an elf 
that presents as male. Yes, I hate you if you have short hair. Yes, if you are an elf man with short hair, I hate you. Yes. All right. If that is you, if you are literally an elf <laughs> with short hair, then rage. Otherwise, That's the real reason Broner is going to move. Yes. Yeah. He gave us all of these excuses why he was moving. The truth is he's been saving saying this. And now he has to go into hiding from yeah. all of the short-haired male elves out there that are yeah. going to be hunting. That are, right. Yeah, because because you know there is going to be an outrage mob. That there are going to be people angry at my hatred of male-presenting elves having short hair. See, I'm okay with that because as long as the outrage mob is outraged over something nonsensical, I'm okay. Now, if we actually screw up and do something horrible, yeah. then I will feel yeah. very different. There are a lot of dumb reasons that people are upset with rings yeah. of power. Like a lot of dumb reasons. Yeah, exactly. You want to talk about poorly directed, poorly acted, uninteresting dialogue, stiff, boring, etc. Oh, oh, I'm in. I'm on board. You want to talk about elf men with short hair? I'm your guy, right? <laughs> Those things I can complain about. All right, well, we're going to shoot this one while it's dead. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Next time, we'll actually have a gaming topic. And uh, other than that, have a great week and great games, even if they are zombie Lovecraft Hamlet stories. In a world where zombies have raised Lovecraft from the dead, and then Hamlet put stuff in your hiney. We will catch you next time. (laughs) 